Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Sustain Open Source Design. Is it Sustain Our Design? No, it's Sustain Open Source Design. Yes, yes. Sustain Open Source Design. SOS. <laughs> what are you calling it? <laughs> everybody and welcome to the Sustaining Open Source Design Podcast. I'm Georgia Bolin. I'm one of the co-hosts here, although I've been pretty absent this year. So I'm excited to actually host a conversation with our other panelists today as we round out 2021, our first year of doing this podcast. So for starters, let's go around and have everybody say hello so we know who's here. Memo, do you want to start? Sure, of course. Thanks, George. I'm Memos Parsa, Dalini from Sony Guadalajara, eventually in the middle of autumn. And yeah, I do open source design since actually a little while, not that much. I'm not a, an open source old timer, but I got really entangled with open source and now it was my thing around two years ago, in which I started collaborating with opencollective.com platform to distribute money in a centralized way and with transparency and ethics. And now I end up being the head of design in two years time. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much my road in, in open source. I love to do this kind of stuff. love the people I've been met so far, like you guys. And that's, uh, I think that's pretty much my intro. Ariel, want to go next? Hello, everyone. I am Errol. My pronouns are they, them. Wow. I try to remember like the history of my involvement in an open source is like a struggle because so much happens in short spaces of time. So I was aware of and interested in open source as a concept of why do developers do this? Like when I was working as a commercial <laughs> designer, I was very curious about mostly the nature of how developers do this thing, which is for free often. And it's like almost an integral or essential part of like their career. So I was really curious about that when I was doing design in commercial for-profit proprietary sort of spaces. And then kind of forgot about it for a while, kind of thought that's neat, but that's for developers over there, not for me, a designer, I guess I'll kind of put that in the memory bank. And then I started doing a job search, I think around the end of, I think 2018, it possibly was, although my years tend to get a bit mixed up now. But that is when I found a role going at Ushahidi, which is open source software for humanitarian crisis and human rights needs and human rights issues. And Ushahidi is a Kenyan-based open source tool, tech company, think tank, collection of pretty cool people. And I managed to get that role as one of the two designers working at Ushahidi. The other designer actually was a guest on one of the podcast, Justin Shearer, talking about his work at Stacks and Hover. And yeah, from there on, I got really interested and involved in from kind of both my historical perspective thinking, oh, open source is this thing that developers do. Now, well, what does that actually mean for me as a designer working in open source and, and how do I actually understand it better? 
skip to the end. I worked in a few different open source organizations. I volunteered for some and contributed to some, done a lot of community wrangling, done a lot of actual design pieces of work, which is interesting. I use the word actual. And then now I'm working at Simply Secure as a product manager for open source tools and doing a PhD. Yeah, a PhD in how designers contribute to open source humanitarian and human rights tech tools. That's me. I'm going to pass over to Richard. Hi, I'm Richard Litauer. Got involved with open source, which feels like a long time ago, although it's only been 10 years, which is weird saying that as a student. And I really liked it and did a lot of open science stuff. And then I got involved professionally because I realized that working for a random startup isn't as fun as working on tools with lots of other random people. So I ended up working on open source, ended up getting jobs at open source, which made no sense. And I was totally unqualified for those jobs. And then I've continued to fool people ever since. And it's just the best. I started the design career by just plain face lying to everyone that I was a designer for the userisdrunk.com and people believed me. And I've been making that lie continue ever since. And it's been kind of fun. I like it. So massive amounts of imposter syndrome, but also I've realized that no one else belongs here either. We're all kind of misfits. And so I'm a open source designer, I suppose. Although it feels weird saying that. And I do a lot of other stuff these days, mostly helping with sustain and also teaching Latin. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, I'm Georgia Bullen. I am the executive director at Simply Secure. So I, I work with Errol. We'll look at the caveat now. <laughs> and how I got involved, I think, I mean, open source has been a theme through a lot of my work. Like it hasn't been the place where I was intentionally working. It has been the place that like an impact area, I would say, of work that I've done or connected to. I mean, I think for me, when it was really a helpful moment was more actually more than open source, just like open communities of practice. So when I was in grad school in 2009 um, to 2011, I started focusing a lot on the open data community and open mapping. I was working at a research lab at Columbia at the time, and that actually got me connected into just sort of the power of that movement. I was reflecting about that with somebody else this week. That was even not necessarily like itself. That was a wave in particular because of the Obama administration at the time pushing the Open Data Act and things like that. And so that's actually what I focused on in grad school. But I just remember being like, oh, wow, there's so much here. There's all these people who show up and do things together and I'm able to learn so much and do things I want to do, leveraging all these tools and creating things that we can make. And it just lets you blur the lines so much, I think. Like I sort of see open source as a thing that lets us all jump around more and explore things we're interested in, learn new tools, like express ideas that we want to express in different ways and just how it is opportunity space. So I think it's interesting that's like a theme amongst what everyone has talked about. So just to name that, like the working in the open allows people to show up not knowing anything, learn and do something. And then sometimes become a contributor, hopefully become a contributor in whatever that thing or way is and bring in whatever skills and expertise they have to the table. And that's part of what makes it really powerful. Well, thank you everyone for doing that round of interest. Remind everyone who we are and why we're here, which is great. I was just taking a look and we have managed to put out 16 podcasts so far, and there are a few more already coming up. So that for a new idea thing that we launched this year is kind of itself amazing. And like the range of topics we covered is everything from 
creating libraries that enable other designers to doing open source design thinking with developers to team management to typefaces and product design. There's just so many things that we've covered. So maybe as like a quick question for everyone, is there a favorite moment you've had this year in 2021 from the conversations we've had or a favorite guest or favorite, I don't know, or maybe not favorite, but something that was stood out that you've been, you know, had you thinking or that you still reflect on or talk about a lot. It is really cool to have this many podcasts. Um, Most podcasts die after like 10 episodes. So we have already succeeded there, which is the best. I often think of this as actually being 116 episodes because we just released our hundredth sustained podcast, which is one of the reasons why we're having this sort of end of year podcast. We did that for the other one. We're like, why don't we do that for this one too? I think my favorite moments are actually probably with Brian Padgett. Brian... I don't remember much about conversations. Yeah, I know I shouldn't say that. I host them all the time. But I just don't. I'm just not very good at remembering anything we talk about. But what I'm struck by is the personalities of the people we've talked to. And Brian had such a calm, thoughtful way of approaching everything he did that didn't come with any like preconceptions. Like he was very quick to be like, you know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. Or do you think this is right? That really struck me as like, oh, this is someone who's really interested in iterating and who's interested in questioning and who's interested in figuring out how to better design and understand everything that he's talking about. And I thought that was really cool. And so I'm going to stick with number five, Brian Paget's podcast as my favorite of the 16 we've had so far. Memo, you like passing the mic. So what was yours? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking back. The moment we were like planning this stuff in Brussels, back in Brussels, in Sustain. And it's crazy how things have evolved ever since because looking back, it sounds like this, yeah, let's do it, like goofy idea. But I think my favorite times is more of an accumulative commitment from everyone involved. And I think that is really the magic that supports everything we've done so far. I've enjoyed all the podcasts I've been in and I thoroughly enjoy listening after. There are a couple that I've been listening a couple of times and even, you know, using it as assets for projects, you know, like, hey, listen to this person's opinion. I think it really helps in this situation. So yeah, I just love the community of that kind of commitment over time and seeing how this idea started and where we are now. It just makes me more excited about what can we do following through with the same line. I think uh, a favorite moment, probably that it was that time that you, Richard, shared with me that the Sustainable Source Design Podcast was one of the most listened in Mexico, in the in the tech industry. That's true. That was cool. That was like a year. You know, I never told you that. That's yeah. amazing. See. Yeah, like I had no idea where that came from. And yeah, it was uh, really great that people actually listening to us. So yeah, I think that was where I, I had that aha moment. That's amazing. I mean, that sort of, I know we can come back to this, but I wonder for next year, if we should explore having some fun, like doing some, should we have an episode or two that's in Spanish, right? Or like, how do we- Definitely, definitely. Other, thinking about how we reach different communities and networks, but yeah. Chaos has just started doing that in Chinese which well, is awesome. Yeah. So they have like their own community that's just running that. I would love to have a uh, Espanol podcast or yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. If, if anyone's listening, speaks another language and feels like there's people we could reach through your language, please send smoke signals or something. Um, <laughs> ask. Well, feel free to tell us when we talk too fast. What about you? 
What about you from this past year? What was memorable? I am going to do the thing which is awful. And I've got four things I want to say about the book. One of them connects to what we've just been saying. And I, I think that one of the things that I found really beautiful about the Sustaining Open Source Design podcast is how many of our guests are just from all different kinds of places in the world. If you look at the different name spellings, if you hear the different kinds of accents and different kinds of backgrounds people have from the open source design community, there is very few white American, you know, and the open source like has this whole thing of being like very much a, a certain kind of movement that's very centered in white cultures. And I think that one of the things that I think is really cool is that we've really platformed through this podcast, diverse voices in the space. And I think that also speaks to how diverse, which is my next point about one thing that I love about the podcast, all of the episodes, is the diversity of what design means has been covered so broadly. I mean, you touched on this a little bit, Georgia, but there's everything from like how community building connects to how we do design, to product management and shepherding, how technology is built, to how we think about the products that we make in not just a sort of granular, what does the software look like, but how does it operate? What's its place in the wider world? When you were talking about Brian Padgett, he really had this in-depth view of what does it mean to make this beyond the interface or beyond even like the purpose of it existing? What does it mean in the wider ecosystem? Oh, and then we've got the guests that come in and talk about particular communities. So I think that one of the other amazing things about these podcasts is it's entirely possible that people within the Drupal community or the Jenkins community or some of the other kind of what you could call I don't know whether this is the, again, language is still something we're developing here in the design space with open source, but like those more technical kind of ways of expressing open source. There are designers in those spaces doing design stuff. And I think that hearing from them has been really powerful. I've really enjoyed speaking with my past work colleague, Justin. I think he had amazing things to say about how to involve the user community in design research. I think that was absolutely amazing. And the most recent podcast with Jeremy, I think, was one of the first times where I got real vulnerable on the podcast and sort of really was reminded of that moment of what it means to be a designer. Because I think we actually have a lot of conversations about open source and design and how we do it. But actually, one of the things that I would like to see in the future is what does it mean to be a designer more? And, and what does it feel like to be a designer in this space and kind of really exploring some of those things that don't get heard about as much in open source. So maybe us being a little bit more selfish from a design perspective is what I kind of want to see us move towards. Thank you for that. Yeah, I think that's an interesting, just a bridge on that, what to reflect on right now. Like when we started this podcast, one of the ideas was to use this as a space to just have conversations that we were talking about building resources and wanting to pull together links and just like fostering community and connections that we've all talked about. And I'm wondering now that we've been doing this for a year, what are the things that you feel like are the issues that you are thinking about right now? Like what's on your mind? I think, you know, Errol, you just said, what does it mean to be a designer? What are the challenges for you to feel like being a bit more selfish and introspective, which I think is really interesting and maybe speaks to how it's easy to lose your identity in these sort of global, bigger communities. And what is design versus what does it take to get the work done every day? Or what does it take to participate here? Which I think is a really interesting 
piece. <laughs> what are the words? What are the titles? What are the goals we're actually doing? So I think that's really interesting. But yeah, what else is on your minds about conversations that, I don't know, the state of sustaining open source design at the moment and what you want to talk about? Yeah, I think I will start by coming in on this openness idea of our topics. Like, I'm, I really like the idea of operating not only in the borders of open source, but being open in a broader sense. And I really like that because it takes you out of, you know, just producing content for one community only and a couple of different competencies in while working, like developers and designers. And I think that what we're doing can impact like so much more management, business, how to work with other people, how to collaborate more openly, regardless of the nature of the project. And I think that's where the real value of what we're doing is kind of hitting the bell for me. I would love to explore like more of this didactical sense of learning as you contribute to a project, even if it's design or research or code or whatever. One of the, the most important experiences of working with open source is that you learn stuff as you go through and you learn stuff as you work openly. I mean, I can start a piece of work and then Richard adds another part on top of that. And then I learn about how Richard thinks because the whole thing is transparent and over there for everyone to see. So I really like that approach and I think it can really help us to bring more folks around this kind of conversations and therefore administrate some openness into more type of communities and not just those related with the open source software. What does Richard think? Good question. I have no idea. I'm interested in the epistemology of design and open source. I don't really know how we know what we know and I don't really know what design means. And I'm pretty clear about that with every podcast. I'm always like, I don't really know what I'm doing here and I don't know what you're doing here either. But really, if I've learned anything in the past 16 episodes slash year of doing this exercise of showing up weirdly anyway, it's that design is at the border and it's basically people trying to understand how decisions are made and how people interact with those decisions. That for me is about understanding dynamics of power and understanding dynamics of how that power is threaded through any project where humans work together. And I'm interested in figuring out how do you make salient, meaningful links, conversations, points, and objects worthy of being made out of understanding what power is. So I want to know what can we do to make that power more equitable? What can we do to make it clearer where it's just written down inside the maintainer's head? And what can we do to separate opinion from a uh, fact? Like how can we study power? in the sense of design. And this goes all the way from like choosing the color of a button to, well, maybe we should scrap this whole project and make another one. So I'm really interested in that sort of discussion. Almost too woo-woo to be called sustained open source design, but certainly that's why I'm here. So Errol, what about you? Agree with both of what you've said. So openness around how we do what we do and also the power dynamics. There are a couple of things that I think about on an almost, it's at least a daily basis, if not a few times during the day. And they're somewhat all connected to what I'm going to say, but also what you've all said so far, which is I think about how do we sustain the designers that are already in open source and doing this kind of work. So the people in this virtual room, the people listening to this, the people that support the people doing the design listening to this, 
So how do we support them through mentorship and bringing in designers from other spaces into open source in a more welcoming way? So I talk a lot about mentorship and how we build a welcoming community from outside of the open source culture. And I've also been thinking more and more in a very practical, how do we fund more designers in open source? Because more often than not, I've seen designers be very incredibly solo working on open source projects. I I think it's unique and rare to find more than kind of one designer really deep in something. And a lot of the time, the funding isn't necessarily there for that one designer to build a contributor because that work is hard to understand, hard to parse for a lot of the companies. So a lot of it's all links in. And I think connected to those two things is how do we make sure that through those two things and other things that we do, that the designers that are already doing this work don't get burnt out because we are few at the moment doing this work. And, you know, we need to make sure we aren't spreading ourselves too thin. Yeah, that is so true. I was actually... I mean, thinking about this past year and what we've done, I'm curious and I'd love to hear from folks who are listening to what extent it has just been helpful to hear and see that there are other members of the community. I don't know, which maybe speaks to like, maybe we should put out a listener survey or something like how many folks are working alone on a project. And so this has given them the voices to listen to that are, could be friends, right? Or could be colleagues and colleagues in like a community sense. So that's just an interesting idea to riff off that. But similar to, I mean, earlier you said this earlier, but just to connect to what you were just saying, the podcast as a platform to bring visibility to the diversity of voices, the globalness of this, the fact that folks, while you might be alone on a project, you're not alone in your experience. I think that as a sustaining activity, I think is really interesting and kind of just speaks to, if you're listening to this, don't just listen, come join us, come get involved. There's the sustained discourse, so you can get plugged in there. There's a open design discussion channel and the sustained Slack. We can get in touch if you want to be on the podcast and talk to us and figure out what conversations we could have together. We would welcome that. So we would love to hear from everybody and maybe we can figure out a way to actively find out what folks are interested in hearing more about. Or yeah, if we were to do a podcast in more languages, how to make that happen. The other idea that I wanted to throw in there is something that we could maybe look to do in the next year is bring some of the things we're actively working on. I feel like a lot of times we end up hosting conversations where we're reflecting on past work, which is super interesting and great. But I wonder what it would look like for us to also host some conversations where we could solve some things together or like just like conversations we're currently having. I think that could be really interesting as well. So... Is there anything else on anyone's mind looking forward to 2022 that you are thinking about or want to talk about or want to mention before we round out our reflective podcast? Yeah, I do have something uh, building up on what Arrow said about better fund, open design and open source work. This is like a more uh, bigger problem than ourselves and and our little podcast, but I think we should start differentiating these concepts going back to the roots and say, for example, open source is not necessarily free or open source is not necessarily like an unpaid job because I think that a lot of people that look over to open source, they think that they are not going to get paid. And I think that there is like a, a mismatching there because there is a lot of funding opportunities in open source. And probably if these concepts were a little bit clearer, 
there will be more people involved in that kind of work. I just want to add, this is bigger than us, much bigger, but decoupling the open source idea from a charitable institution, I think that will be really important for the sustainability in the long term for any open source or open community. Thank you for that. Yeah. Carol, Richard, any parting thoughts? Certainly my parting thoughts are of thanks to this space. I, d I don't know what this year and more would have been for me on a personal level if I hadn't had a space to talk about these things and connect with communities. So to what Georgia was saying about this holding space and kind of being a group of us that managed to find time in our busy schedules to come and have conversations with guests. The idea that maybe there's a version, an alternate dimension version of Errol that never did the hosting for this, but still was able to listen to this. That idea of what we've put out there, I think I'd like to just make sure that I thank everyone that's been a guest, that we thank everyone that's been a guest, everyone that has also been a host. So Perry couldn't be here and Justin Flory couldn't be here and has since retired from this podcast, although we loved his contributions dearly. He will always be an honorary host of past podcasts. And yeah, just that real appreciation for all the designers that do whatever they consider design stuff in open source. And add to that list the production team and our contributor that did the logo. And yeah, just amazing. Our logo designer was Isaac Zara. I think I might be pronouncing the last name not quite correctly, but Zara knows who they are. They are excellent, have been such a great member of the community. Thank you so much for our logo design. And Paul and Deanne are awesome production team. Paul has edited every podcast we have done. Paul is a god. Deanne has listened to every podcast she has done, which no human should have to do. She is a goddess. Thank you, both of you, Paul and Deanne. You are wonderful. Listeners who want to hear more about them, we had them on the Sustain 100 podcast. That's on the Sustain podcast normally. So feel free to go and check that thing out. And as far as that goes, uh, I just want to, yeah, all, all I want to say is that this is actually quite enjoyable for all of us to record. So thank you other panelists for being here and thank you guests and just gratefulness and gratitude and may everyone live full and happy lives because this helps make my life such so excellent thank you everybody i know that i have not been here as much as i wanted to be this year my personal life reasons happened but i hope to be here more looking good reasons they're good reasons good reasons, good reasons. So, excellent new tiny humans demand attention <laughs> but no i'm excited to be here more next year and I love all these ideas. So hopefully we can get started on them in January. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you all. 